Welcome, Welcome to the Clam Bay. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to the, the Clam Bay. Bay. Ooh, we got baritones in there. I love it. Week. I love it. Yeah. And just the opposite of a sausage fest. Oh, it sure is. I'm Angela Gomez. I'm Lindsay Stidham. And we want to be better feminists. Damn, Damn it. it. Each week we interview different guests about the their experiences with challenges, triumphs, and follies with feminism. Because being a human is tough. And being a feminist is complicated. But our best resource is each other. It is. Sometimes with men. Yeah. <laughs> it should all, with all, <laughs> all genders. With all genders. With all, all humans. A, any clam that wants to join this bake is welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Or so, pot stick. Yeah. <laughs> or pot stick. Oh, that's great. That's a good one. Yeah. Or pot sticker. Or pot sticker. Clam pot sticker, anything in between. Anything welcome. Yeah. So um, I I just think we have such a juicy episode that I'm going to skip asking you how your clam is. And yeah, just, like, I don't care how everybody. your clam is. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I've heard about enough. I know. <laughs> I saw you like most of the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. We're good. We're fine. Um, We're fine. Don't eat to binge. We're fine. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, this episode came about because my cousin Nick Plopper, who is joining us from Indianapolis, Indiana, or Carmel, Indiana, I should like get the town correct yeah uh called me like about a week or so week and a half ago and asked me how I was doing and if I hate men due to like all the (laughs) allegations that come out day after day after day and we had like such a great interesting conversation that we decided to have some of the conversation on the clam bake today which I'm really excited about um Yeah, and we also decided to have uh, Robert Clark Chan. He's here in the studio, too. But Hi. Hi, thank you for being here. Such a good radio voice, Such I just must voice. say. Uh, Both of they, you. That's what they say. <laughs> just really good. He, he's a baritone and more of a tenor, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. would love for you to read an audiobook. Is Is juicy a nice we'll substitute word for moist? <laughs> it's a preferred word. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, it's not a great it. word, but it's preferred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Juicy. Juicy. I mean, that's on that's on the um, the uh, posterior of some sweatpants that I've seen. So. <laughs> it is a brand. It is a brand. Yeah. It is a brand. Yeah. Is it? It's, it's like so. It's not just like they just. That's a brand. They didn't just go have that stenciled on. No, it's a brand, but you know, maybe it's a knockoff, and it was stenciled on. I mean, I I stencil them on all of my pants, just just because. That's fair. Well, you want to keep up with the teenage girls. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's um let's get to it, you guys. Both of you. Wait, have let's such... quick intro. Uh, that's what I was gonna oh. say. I wanted everybody to intro themselves because they have such great voices, and because I, I didn't want to get anything wrong. So, Nick, tell us a little bit about you before we get into these juicy questions. <laughs> juicy. Well. <laughs> Well, I am a middle-aged man, slightly balding, married, <laughs> with a few young boys as children. I believe they are both mine. Um, Great. They look like you. You can't deny those are yours. I can't sell them away. Uh, <laughs> no, no buyers have showed up. We don't have a milkman, but they um, are uh, 
about to be four years old and five years old, I practiced law doing whatever my clients need me to do with some exceptions, um, which has led me down some interesting roads. I used to be out near world in Hollywood and decided um, I wanted more reality in my life. So <laughs> I became a <laughs> Totally and, and allowed. And now, and now if you could follow me around with a camera every day, I'd have some, some really good material that is all confidential, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, and you went to law school out here, and you've, like, represented, like, you've even worked, you've worked on so many interesting things. I feel like you've worked to get innocent people out of jail. You've worked to, like, represent Marilyn Monroe's interests. Like, you've done a lot of interesting, cool things in your life, and we're glad I you're have, here. Yeah. That's right. It's all true. In law school, I worked on the California Innocence Project, and then nice. I also interned at CMG Worldwide, which is a company that represents the interests of famous uh, dead celebrities. Um, <laughs> we, we did have some live clients while I was working there, which included uh, the girls next door. I've got a great picture with them. Whoa! Q oh, yeah. Hefner's sidekicks, if you don't know about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my wife hates that picture. But, <laughs> uh, I believe uh, my father mentioned that photo over Thanksgiving, and you weren't even there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a treasured family heirloom. My dad was like, Lindsay, when yeah. are you going to go to the Playboy Mansion? It's Have you achieved nothing? <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a six by ten, you know, it's bigger than my TV. I don't know why my wife doesn't like it so much. But, um yeah, yeah. So it's it was that's interesting, and which is funny because that company was sort of premised on estate planning um, in a rudimentary way, which is now where I find myself uh, focusing my practice. I just got a sign on the building on Friday, which is pretty cool, and um, I I'm uh, starting to get real busy and sorting through crazy people faster than uh, McDonald's is making you know hotcakes. So. We love it. We love it. And you are here because I would count you as an incredible ally. We had this conversation when you called me on the phone that I am the I'm the only girl of um, 10 cousins. We have a large family on one side of the family. And I feel like I might partially still be single because I'm surrounded by amazing men in my family. Like that is the truth. Like you guys are all like I even like tear up thinking about you guys. You all are good family men and have amazing freaking jobs. And uh, I'm uh, the wild card out here in Los Angeles. So <laughs> you are the epitome of the of the strong woman. And I, I looked at that picture from Zach's wedding, and you know you're there out in front and center, and and we are all having so much fun and so happy to be together. And and uh, yeah, it's it's cool. We're definitely due for another girl. We definitely have at least one pregnancy amongst the cousins. Right? <laughs> we're, rooting, um, we're rooting for a girl. We're rooting for it. I know your brothers pulled the goalie. I've been encouraging not to, you know, to sabotage that. I've sent them pic, uh, videos of um, my my children when they were younger and screaming and crying uh, to discourage him from, um, you know, being in such a hurry. Uh, <laughs> But they're a blessing. They're a blessing. They're a blessing. Yeah, yeah. And now we have Chan in studio. And Chan and I have known each other a long time, but we were trying to figure out, like, how and where. But there's, mm. like, there's like a comedy scene that we all, like, blend together, and we're like, you're cool because I've seen you do comedy, and you're funny. Yeah. After, <laughs> after a time, it's just, you just, uh, we, we did a show together at some point. Yeah, i just leave it I'm at sure. that. Don't, don't try and figure <laughs> it out. And, 
But tell us a bit about you. You've done comedy for years. I love how you put the year 1997 in here. We. I like that you put uh, it in here. Yeah. Bold move. Bold yeah, move. There was a time when uh, I was the youngest of the group, and then they all went away, and I'm the only one left. Um, it's, yeah. Ugh. But so. you're an Upright Citizens Brigade guy. You've done Second City. You've done iOS. You've done it all. You write for Yahoo by day. Mm-hmm. And uh, you still do comedy at night, even though you're a new dad, which is like really admirable. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, That's like diehard I'm, comedy. I'm doing left. I'm, do- I'm doing less. Uh, and also, <laughs> I'm doing more podcasts. It's like, well, I could do that at home. Yes. So. Yeah. It's true. true. Boy, girl. Boy, girl. What boy. Do you have? He's a boy. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> honest- no, honestly, I was way more terrified of having a boy than a girl because uh, like I felt like if I had a girl I could sort of teach her to like stand under the patriarchy you know like fists up let's do this let's let's fight and then with a boy I'm like I I, I guess don't be a dick <laughs> your, uh, your responsibilities would be fewer because you don't know anything about how to raise a girl well, uh, I I know how to fight that's that's all I know so like I I guess I just have to teach him to fight uh, for uh, justice, I guess. It's... Well, the, the, you know, the joke, and you probably heard it when you were in the hospital, like getting ready to receive your new baby. You know, is it a boy? Is it a girl? And what they say around here is, oh, is it a, uh, a boy? Oh, good for you. You only have to worry about one dick instead of all the dicks. Oh, Whoa. I've never heard that before. That's intense. That's uh. so in that like, Kind of gave me goosebumps. In I the, literally just saw uh, dicks way. around my head when you said that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like all the dicks around my head. I was like, ah! That, that's like I heard it. I heard it both times. I was in the hospital. Like I probably said that joke and thought it was funny, but um, I had boys, so I only have to worry about two. Yeah. Because you have two different boys, not one boy with two dicks. Well, let's clarify. Uh, Which is fine. With it, you know, whatever. I'm not judging a child's channel. That would be something. That would be something. Yeah, that would be something unto itself. Well, our first question for every guest is, are you a feminist? Why or why not? Yeah. Uh, well, I, the, the thing is, at one point, uh, I wanted to say, that, and at one point, I would have said that I am a humanist, but when you have to ask the question, are you a feminist? Then it's, um, it's like when I was younger, I, uh, was questioned whether there is uh, a God or a higher power or whatnot. I feel like, uh, the dictionary definition would be an agnostic, but I also felt like I had to make a stand because, uh, because I don't really believe in a higher power. So I said that I am an atheist, even though technically I'd probably be an agnostic. I feel the same way that I have to say that I'm a feminist because that is a question that still needs to be asked. Like, of, of course there needs to be equality, and it's, it's kind of shitty that you would even uh, need to clarify that. Yeah. Nick? Uh, does that mean I have to be on Gloria Steinem's uh, newsletter mailing list? No. no, it's your own personal definition. I don't you. think I'm on her mailing list. I don't think I'm on her mailing list either, and I love her. I don't know. I've never met her. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think I think the way I thought about this question when it was first posed to me was, um, do, can a can a man be a feminist? 
Yeah. I was going to ask a, answer a question with a question. I'm a lawyer, so that's what I do. <laughs> Um, um, I mean, do you have an answer though to your own question? Well, I mean, so it's it's an evolving answer probably because I may have thought about this differently. It's not it's not a um, uh, I think it's one that evolves with maturity, right? Um, I I grew up in the Midwest with with uh, uh, traditional values, and now. I am becoming my father uh, with the same kind of family and the same kind of values. Um, although I find <clears throat> I find myself in a bit of a different situation, um, maybe because it because of the state of the world or just who I choose to who I who I chose to marry. Um, I you know I have a household where two full time working parents. Um, you know, and if I could back it up for a second, like I don't know how to define feminism, but I'm all, I'm all for equality. Everybody should have an equal opportunity to do whatever they want to do in this world. Um, I just, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm bearing witness to a, a, a change in traditional notions of family over the last several generations, um, and. I grew up a certain way as a man, um, learning gender roles that are now shifting and probably for the better. Um, I just worry as I I guess my concern is like as society as a whole, we haven't defined these things. We haven't defined this shift and we haven't we haven't um, uh, embraced how it could be great for everybody. And because there's tension with the issue, I worry about our youngest uh, humans. Yeah. Could I ask you this? Why, if you believe in equality for men and women, why do you hesitate to call yourself a feminist? Uh, Because I don't know exactly what that means. (laughs) And because I have a penis. Interesting. Interesting. You're just to make you to make you feel less on the spot. You're not the only man who has had that same reservation. We've had other men on the show before who have sort of been like, I identify with I believe in the values you believe in, but I feel uncomfortable identifying that way because I'm a man. Yeah. You know, which is always an interesting. It is an interesting reaction to us because coming from the other side, it's like we want we want everybody on this team to like be rooting for us to be equal because we're not going to get there unless we get everybody on this team rooting for us to be equal. Yeah, I've never heard (laughs) a woman say that I shouldn't be a feminist. So that would be the only reason that I would balk at saying that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, if I. uh, Yeah. uh, So what? There's there's absolutely no reason why I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like this hardwired, you know, this hardwired thing into my DNA. Like I'm a man. I'm a man. So we're talking about um, promoting um, female values and and what's wrong with that? But it's like at the same time, it's it's like I, I inherently it's in my DNA. Like I don't really know what it means because I'm not a woman. I've not felt the things that you have felt as a woman. Um, and and therefore, I can never feel as strongly about the same issues because. Well, yeah, I'm, but I mean, yeah. like, would you call yourself a racist? 
No, absolutely well, not. Well, then if you wouldn't call yourself a racist, why wouldn't you call yourself a feminist? Because you haven't experienced what it's like to be a black man, but you still believe that uh, African-Americans should have the same rights as uh, a white man, white people, yeah? Uh, yeah, that's like, a, that's like a, re- a, a reverse corollary. I think you just threw at me there, Chan. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's um, a fancy word. <laughs> Uh, point taken though yeah like so uh whether you can feel something or not feel something you can embrace the issues associated therewith um but yeah yeah it's like it's like i guess you know to be honest like part of the reservation is like can i be taken seriously as a man saying i'm a feminist that's really bold of you to like say that that sentence out loud but i I think a lot of men feel feel that that way way. yeah which which is is really fucking twisted what reason why we're doing (laughs) this podcast i'm not yelling at you i'm i'm yelling because like that's that's what culture has instilled in you that anything inherently female is lesser than or weak or takes away masculinity or is of lesser value in some way Right, right. I, I was just on a podcast this weekend. I was a guest on somebody else's podcast, and um, his name is Jason Horton. And he, uh, we had the same discussion, actually, almost exactly, um, because I brought up feminism and I brought up Welcome to the Clam Bake because I was promoting my stuff. And he was like, I don't think I can like speak to this at all. And he also makes um, videos sometimes with porn stars. And we got into a deep discussion of like, what does he regret in his career and when could he have spoken up and been better? And it was just like a really interesting conversation. And I also can't wait to get trolled from that episode because he has like a lot of dude bro fans and they're going to be like, this bitch thinks she's a feminist. <laughs> get out of our party. I feel like it's worse. I feel like it's usually like, I hope you get raped and murdered yeah, and like yeah. really bad stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube but anyway, I think no. like, I think like by having these conversations and encouraging people that we know are our friends and allies and want to see us make a lot of money and succeed and like, you know, not be not feel shame because we're in our mid thirties and not married and like just all the things that society puts okay. upon us. Yeah. Like yeah. like you are inherently probably a feminist, you know? And hopefully yeah. one day yeah. you'll love to say that and like tell people why you feel proud of it. Well, if I could do, you know, like you, maybe, maybe, maybe this conversation should be about like, you tell me and I'll tell you about the last like few years of my life with my wife and my two kids. And especially this year, my wife has gone out and just killed it and made tons of money, tons. She's a realtor. She sells houses. I think she sold 50 houses this year. Damn girl, get it. one a week, right? That's insane, actually. Yeah. And so, like, you know, and I tell people that, and I give her all the credit, and I'm like, you know, but I'm like, you know, behind every successful woman, there's a very patient and humble man <laughs> who's very strong that's enabling this to happen. Or there's another woman. <laughs> or there's a woman and a man. Or there's yeah. just a dog. Yeah. <laughs> or there's a very expensive yeah, vibrator. Yeah, yeah. You, just said, you just said, like, like single in your 30s, and that's a different, very different picture of reality from what I have. I got two kids at home, and when she's out there, uh, you know, taking the... Uh, you know, listing Sally Sellers' house or or uh, uh, Harry Homebuyer uh, taking a him around to to buy a new place. I'm home with I'm home raising kids, right? Um, and and like 
it's been very consistent every weekend and lots of nights where what those traditional gender roles are are shifted and that's not something i grew up learning how to do yeah sure. yeah so, so there's a very there's a very big transition going on right now um as a result of this movement and it's not a bad thing but i think i think it needs to be figured out like as a species right i think the human race needs to figure this out what do you um, mean f- figure figure what out exactly like like there i think there's going to be a generation of very confused children why um because they don't know who's going to be the one fixing them dinner or who's going to be like they don't why does that matter I mean, hopefully someone will fix them dinner. Ideally, children get fed. But, like, who, what is it, why does it matter if it's a man, a woman, a nanny? A trans person, a gay person. Because a, because a child needs consistency. Because I'm a, a child, child of yeah. uh, divorced home times, too. And I'm, I did just fine. I got fed every meal. That's the same thing my wife tells me. Yeah. She is, and she is, too. Um. And, and my response to that is like, well, yeah, you're doing great and you're a very productive human being. I didn't want that to be a model, <laughs> you know? But why and does the gender I, of the... I, I agree that, like, ideally, like, a, a home has... If, if it's a two-parent home or a three-parent home, that that's a healthy model of a relationship and that the, the parental units are able to, like, maintain a healthy relationship. Divorce isn't ideal, but, like, why does the gender of the individuals providing love matter if the love is there? Well, it, that's a good question. I don't, I, don't think it, I don't think it should as long as it's consistent. And if it's consistent from both parents, then maybe that's, maybe that's the goal of what this transition that I'm speaking to. You're hoping um, you're hoping for equality both in the workplace and the home is like what you're saying. Like in a perfect society, we get equality everywhere. I know. I know how I know how Californians view, you know, Hoosiers. They think we're all like leave it to Beaver, right? And so, <laughs> well, I'll just and, say I'm from the Midwest, uh, also. What, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Angel's from Minnesota. So, oh yeah. I, I can't say that it's not that inaccurate, but like you know. At least my generation grew up and it was like, all right, there's the man that's making uh, the money and going to work and the woman that's making the home and raising the kids. And that those are the. I will say, so there's something in you. I'm hearing like something in you really is comfortable in that structure. And what you're seeing now is uncomfortable. So the the traditional, quote-unquote, traditional family unit that you're describing is incredibly oppressive to over half of the population. But it wasn't oppressive to you because being forced to carry the brunt of both the emotional labor of the household and also being limited in what you can do with your career is an incredible burden to put on over half the population, which is is women. you know, the majority of people in poverty are women. I mean, the issue is so hugely systemic um, that, and I'm not an expert and I don't have like a ton of facts to pull out right now, but I'll just say like seeing the women in my life, what being voiceless can can do to you. I mean, the women's movement wouldn't have happened if women were happy being forced to 
have that traditional role. It works for some women. Some women really love it, and that's great. Some men really love it. Um, but we wouldn't have we wouldn't see backlash against these roles if they worked for everyone. They also only work for heterosexual couples. And, um, you know, you're 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 coming from the position where it did work for for men. It worked for for straight men. Um, and that that is very comfortable to have your emotional life cared for your your house life cared for. I mean, God. When my boyfriend cleans the house and makes me dinner and I come home, I'm like, this is the fucking shit. I wish makes, I had this every day of makes, my life. That makes a lady horny. It, like, it, <laughs> and, and if I had that for a, gen, you know. Can I, give you my, can I give you my wife's phone number? <laughs> sure. I mean, if I had that every day and all of a sudden it was taken away, I would be like, wait, what? I have to. I have to pull more weight here. Like I would be uncomfortable with that too, but you have to, you have to realize, you know, and, and what you do on your own basis in your own home is you and your wife's issue, but demanding that be the standard for an entire country of people is, is, is ridiculous. Right. And, and whether I'm not promoting that anyone demands that. Sure. Sure. But you might not be promoting it, but, and I, and I think we're on the same side politically, so I'm not necessarily arguing with you I'm just sort of spitballing right now but like to support a uh, an establishment a culture that keeps women out of the workplace or demoted in the workplace that keeps them chained to their body that keeps them pregnant when they don't want to be it's reinforcing the system that that does not work we it's, will it's not never worked get equality, it's worked for men but it has never way. worked for women I mean, maybe sure. I got to jump on, uh, I guess, this cultural shift because my mother was a single mother. So I, I uh, to, to me, uh, all women had the ability to uh, either parent or go out in the workplace or do both at the same time. And now that I have a kid, um, I'm staying home and taking care of uh, our child because uh, that is... Uh, th- that is how our relationship is sifting out. And I I think it would, yeah, I, I, I see no problem with that. I think it's a problem if that weren't allowed or if that were strange. Um, or if you were, like, harassed by your, like, buddies at work for, you know, being pussy whipped or, like, being a yeah. not manly dude, you know. Why is your wife, you know, that's stupid. I mean, yeah, also, <laughs> I could give a shit if well, somebody great. thinks I'm not manly. <laughs> Go nuts, man. I, I um, Enjoy your toxic masculinity. Um, I'm just going to be making some rigatoni. Right. <laughs> Snuggling your baby. Mm-hmm. Well, we could um, we could just talk about we could talk about family relationships this whole podcast, but I want to keep us moving because we wanted to get in the nitty gritty of how this having you guys on this podcast tonight started, which is like right now every day, um, a, a new man is losing his job because he possibly took out his dick or sexually assaulted someone, and he's being called out on it or doing lesser things or doing worse worse things. Um, so my question for you guys is like. My first question in regards to this, we have a lot of questions. We could talk about this all night. But my first question is, is can you help us understand why men ever do this in the first place? <laughs> why? Uh, power. Yeah. Simple power. Uh, I think I think that was the same response I had, Ken. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Don't, don't let me interrupt. Uh, well, it's, 
if I, I don't know anybody who um, absolute power corrupts absolutely. If you give someone power, uh, the temptation to use it uh, grows. And um, if yeah, I guess if you don't have um, some sort of moral blocks in place, why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just abuse the power? Uh, and so many people are. Um, and the, 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 the richer and more powerful you get, you know, like Louis CK is arguably the greatest standup comedian in the country. Like there is almost nobody higher than him. Of, of course he's going to be in a weird headspace. Um, look at Jim Carrey. Yeah. We were just went, talking about Jim Carrey. He, he went nuts. Cause he, I, presumably he has all sorts of power and he doesn't have any, anybody telling him no. Um, Honestly, I'm glad that I uh, am minimally employed and <laughs> trying to scrape by and, you know, feed our kid. Because if I had power, I could be that person. I could be a horrible monster who whips his dick out and, and abuses and jerks off into plants. I, I'm, I don't think that I would. But, Those poor plants. Oh, uh, they had Succulents it coming. The plants or... had it coming. Wait, so, Chan, though, this, that is a very interesting point. So do you think if you had, like, hit in comedy and become rich and famous, your personality would have changed to the point that you would have thought, I can abuse power over women because I am so adored? Like, that is, like, such an interesting perspective. You may have just been being funny because you're very funny, but um, if you want to elaborate. <laughs> I don't know. I can't honestly answer that question. I any Anybody's going to say, you know, like... When you're in that position, you know, like, of, of course, I'm going to be a stand-up person. And, you know, like if I had, if, if uh, somebody left a million dollars in a briefcase, uh, of course, I would return it to, you know, whoever. Until you're uh, faced with that situation in real time, you don't know. And th uh, these people, these people who are being outed did face that and did not pass the test. There are plenty more people who... We don't hear about because they did. Mm -hmm. They <laughs> faced that down and they didn't do it. Um, like hopefully Tom Hanks, who I, we like I to bring up every few episodes. And every few episodes, Tom Hanks for president. <laughs> good yeah, Chris Evans. He seems like a good yeah. person. Um, yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, I mean cousin cousin Nick. <laughs> I love that we just had it. We just had Angel's Aunt. Bar, I know it's like Aunt family family night. rotation. So it's like funny when we say like the, the what is that word? What you are? How you're defined to us before your name? But cousin <laughs> Nick, what do you think? Why why do you think men are doing this type of stuff or did this in the past? Uh, well, I think I agree with Chan's take that it's a power thing. Um, and let me just say that, you know, what we're all hearing about is is there's there's a a snowballing effect right now where we're just you know I mean it's like three new dudes a day it's insanity and and you know what they're probably all creeps maybe with some exceptions I the thing I don't like seeing is that they're all being lumped into the same basket. And I think it's I think that there's different circumstances for each one of these things. And women are feeling empowered right now. And that's great. And that's great. And they should be heard, just like uh, Nikki Haley or whatever the U.N. lady said mm -hmm. uh, about President Trump. Um, but I think I think that, you know, if I could try to explain why, why is it happening? I don't the the guys that I see 
being outed are public figures. And for them, I don't, you know, these guys, these are rich, powerful men. I don't think it's about feeding their libido. I think it's about feeding their ego. And it's a power position thing for them. And they get off on being in that power position. And I mean, if they, if they needed to like get off sexually, there's probably a thousand other ways that they could do it other than, um, you know, manipulating a subordinate in some fashion. And, and that's, uh, so if they get outed for doing that, like they, they deserve being outed because that's crazy. Matt Lauer pressed, pressing a button under his desk and trapping women in his office. He's like the highest dude at NBC. He's like the today show guy that, you know, I would have trusted him with, uh, you know, could you hold my wallet while I go buy a coffee? You know, whatever. Like, because <laughs> he has more money than God, so sure. Yeah, he's Matt Lowry. <laughs> I mean, about the world for twenty-five years. You know, like yeah. Louis C.K. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. But he, you know, I like the guy. Um, and right. I actually respect him for being honest. And in, in, you know, as far as the uh, reaction to the allegations against him, he's like, "Yeah, I did it, and this is what I did." And there it is. He never said sorry. I know he never said sorry. I mean, eh. the, the, yeah. The thing, the thing is, because um, in the comedy community in Los Angeles, we've been dealing with this for years. Like it's been out, and we have been trying to like get rapists and sexual assaulters out of the community, drumming them out, and it's hard because the theaters don't want to acknowledge it. They don't want to take liability for it. Uh, so, you know, you, you got some A lot of them people. didn't have lawyers before, like, insane, <laughs> like insane stuff. Yeah. 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 And it's, it, it, that's what happens. Like UCB used to be four, four people, just yeah. four people renting shitty little, uh, um, office spaces and, and running classes. And now there are, uh, five theaters. Yeah, um, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of money there and honestly, they don't make a whole lot. Uh, those, but those things are just huge and represent a lot of money. So if someone came along and sued them for $20 million, they could lose a huge hunk of change. So obviously they're going to be uh, sketchier about it, more paranoid. But I mean, yeah, we've been trying to do this. And the thing is like, yeah, um, Matt Lauer is doing it, but so is, um, uh, so it's fucking James Ross, some, uh, some jerk off comedian in Los Angeles that only a few people know. And, um, is it's that so the pod, hard to... is that the roast? Is that the roast guy? No, no, that's Jeffrey Ross, different guy. <laughs> uh, but and Same the thing is, the up the the highest people, the lowest people, and in Peoria, Illinois. Somebody in uh, a paper company is doing the same thing to mm-hmm. you know someone under them. It's everywhere. It ev- ev- it's all the t- uh, it's not just celebrities. And until we get to the point where you know people in just any any town USA can speak up, then we're not anywhere near done with this. Yeah. I but yeah. Point taken, Chan. I think you're right. It's. It's it's the ones that we hear about because they're public figures, are are you know famous people that everybody knows about. But I think yeah, you're absolutely right. This is happening all over the place, and um, you know, there's there's probably local examples in every town. Not probably one hundred percent certain. <laughs> um, um, yeah, because it is a power thing, and it doesn't matter if you know um, you're rich. 
you can have power over another person. Um, Your sphere of influence is always going to be different from somebody else, especially those that work for you. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But also another thing I realized when you first called me, Nick, is that um, I hadn't taken the time to ask any man that I like. And this is like also like shame on me. I only thought about how all this stuff made me feel. And it makes me feel really angry. I, I'm going to just say, sad. I don't think that's shame on you. I think I, <laughs> I, I don't want you to take on shame for feeling for focusing on your feelings. My feelings in this climate. about it. Yeah. yeah, maybe not. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like. <laughs> I also do like hearing other people's opinions. They're not the same as mine. I do like men, and I like I have many in my life that I love and trust. So I did want to ask you guys how it makes you feel to hear this news because as a woman, you just get angry and you get you feel all kinds of emotions. You get angry, you get sad. You remember every time a man did something really fucking shitty to you. It can be very triggering. And um, But as a man, like I also think it might make you feel very sad. But I just wanted to give you guys a chance to say how it makes you feel that this happens like every day right now. <laughs> burn them all. Yeah, burn the whole town down. Yeah. That's what I say too. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my, uh, yeah, every, everything. I'm like, if something's wrong, burn it. Burn it. Start from scratch. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, been a, it's been centuries coming. This sort of thing, like, and, and it is only a small handful of people are getting outed. You know, they're just sl- a slew. I can't think of um, a company uh, with an executive that I know that hasn't done this sort of thing on a regular basis. And they're still there. There's, yeah, more. Keep doing it. Or, I mean, keep doing it and maybe we won't get everybody, but we'll, the rest of them will know, like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. All right, we had to change my mic cord. So, yeah, so I just asked, Nick, how does this make you feel? But I also was curious, so I want, it's a two-part question for you. I want you to answer how it makes you feel personally, but also your oldest son is five, so in, like, another year, and this could definitely keep going for another year, your son it is must. Probably, your son is probably going to be cognizant. He's going to start to be cognizant of the news, and it's like you're going to have to talk about crazy shit to him like really early. So like right. for you, like both those things, like how does it make you feel, and how are you going to uh, deal with this when you have to talk about this stuff? Yeah, I can answer the second part first. Like he's not he's not there yet, but yeah, I got to start bracing myself for this. How do I feel about it? I mean, I mean, disappointed, right? I'm seeing. I'm seeing guys that, you know, granted, I've never met these people, but they're they're in power positions, but they're in uh, they're public figures that make they're, they're hired because of their ability to make the public trust them, right? And they're also they're also people that have um, and publicly attained a level of success that is sort of untouchable for most Americans. And so you see these people um, start, you know, um, they're, I mean, they're, 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 they're dropping like flies and you see that they're human. I mean, I don't want to call them human, but they're, they have flaws. They're flawed. They're extremely flawed people. And, you know, like, there's not criminal allegations against all these people, but if to the extent that the allegations we're hearing about in the media are true, and it sounds like they likely are, and I hate 
I hate convicting people in the court of public opinion, but, um, you know, it's kind of hard to celebrate NBC's take on Matt Lauer. Like, oh, well, there's no reason to believe that this wasn't an isolated incident. And he was creeping on girls and locking them in his office. That's, that is messed up. So, like, just the breach of trust for what the media is, is selling to the public with these people that they're trying to, like, you know, for years, for decades, they've been trying to make us trust these people. And, and to see them fall, is, it's, it's shocking. It's very shocking. Um, do they deserve it? Hell yes, they deserve it. Um, it, which just feeds into my whole, I guess, narrative about how this is this is a real uh, transition taking place. Yeah, letting women be full humans and giving value <laughs> to their bodies. I mean, I think yeah. it's uncomfortable yeah. for a lot of men right now, especially in, the, in. I mean, I only have our industry as as a reference, but I can feel it in conversations I've had. With, you know, men who are pretty decent, but like aren't aren't necessarily feminist identifying yet or even close, who are all of a sudden taking. Would you put in... me in that category, Angela? We don't know each other. But... I don't know. I mean, you, you seem to be working your way toward a, a, a more liberal disposition than I think your background is comfortable with. But I think more... you're going to get there. I have faith in you. <laughs> But like I can um, see, dude. <laughs> but but conversations like this are really sapling. important in that way. You know, we can't just like exist in our little liberal Los Angeles bubble. Like we have to have conversations. Um, well, so so if I could if I could just if I could just interject for a moment. Sure. So 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 we're taking like you know isolated examples. Like I'm talking about Matt Lauer, and we're talking about a big issue for sure. Um, but it's like, I, I, that's the, that's, I guess that's the problem I have with this whole thing is that it's being conflated generally on the, on the, uh, the entire population. And, and we just talked about, yeah, it's probably happening on a local level and it's probably happening here and there, uh, you know, this business, that business. Um, but I, I just, I don't like it all being lumped together. Like it's this, um. Like it's the plague. It's like the bubonic plague. Right? It is though. It is like the plague. And it feels as a woman in this world, it feels like you're living in the plague. It it feels hard every day. It is a sickness. And just because it's not targeting you doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. The point of the Me Too movement was that every every woman has those stories. It's it, it is it is absolutely you can't even say probably it is happening everywhere and it can it's continuing to happen and this is just the tip of the iceberg of dealing with it I'm I'd be hor- horribly saddened if a year from now it weren't still going on it should th- it should be happening yeah I think until we get to a point where like one in four women on American colleges campuses are not being raped, we got to keep fucking talking about it. It's like one in four yeah, women no, who I, go to college are going to get raped. It's yes, just yeah, like, and no, I, I guess... I encourage in discussion for sure. I just don't like, you know, like, um, I think I I think I answered one of your questions that, like, every, every situation is unique, right? And 
we like, can't a man, I, I, I do understand what you're saying because you're a lawyer and there's an essay that, and also because you're a man and you're a man that I respect. And there's a really interesting essay that came out today or yesterday that's written by a woman and it's called The Warlock Hunt. And she's like, what's going on right now is dangerous for men and women. Like the first quote of the essay is the Me Too movement, the Me Too moment that has now morphed into a moral panic that poses as much danger to women as it does to men. And it's like the guy who flirted with you at the Christmas party, does he deserve to lose his job as much as the man who took his dick out and w- forced you to watch him masturbate? Like, maybe not. But that's but that <laughs> that kind of logic pisses me off because it assumes that we're all fucking idiots. We're not idiots. Of course, like, there's not going to be a lot of room for nuance on the internet because the internet is a vile, toxic place and things totally. blow out of proportion. Totally. But we're not saying, just because we're saying, please don't take your dick out and masturbate in front of me during a meeting, doesn't mean, like... Doesn't mean we're saying get rid of all, be a robot, get rid of all nuance. You can never flirt with a coworker. You know, like be a human being, read the room. And also, you don't need to flirt at work. Do your job <laughs> at work and then go home and find someone to flirt with at a bar, go on your dating. You know, ugh, I'm getting heated tonight. Right. But the, but the realistic thing is there's, people in the world who are heterosexual men and women who work together and sometimes the woman might initiate the flirting. Sure. Like I met met my boyfriend at a workplace. We were working on a show together. But you, you know, I mean, I didn't like pull out my vagina and and like look at him and just like, you know, start diddling it in front of him. There is a difference. And he is in the more powerful position. And if he had been like at at, at that time, literally just because he's a white man, and he could have been like, I don't like this bitch. I don't want her in the play anymore. You know what I mean? Like, there is a difference between a man being like, watch me masturbate versus like, I think we should get a drink together after work. Sure, but I don't think but anyone think is saying in- we should get a drink together after work is a negative thing. I, I think they're saying, get a drink with me after work. I think we're or I'm gonna like I, I or I'm gonna harass you every single day you come into the workplace. I just think we're in such a heightened state right now because we had to get here for to bring these guys down, right? We're in such a crazy heightened state right now that like there has to be some equilibrium that's met a little bit. I somewhat agree, like I, we gotta take we gotta keep taking like the terrible people down and try and get to equality, but like we're gonna have to like redo courtship as well like fine let's fucking redo it it does not work as it stands it does not work you know what as white people right now we gotta we gotta step i mean we've talked about this on this podcast we gotta step back we gotta listen up we gotta check our shit and we gotta be uncomfortable and i think it's fine to demand that men do the same right now yeah i think everybody's uncomfortable right now but this woman's point was, she's like, if I really wanted to, I could take down any man that ever looked at me sideways right now because we're in that crazy state. And it's like, okay, maybe you're a crazy bitch. Yeah, she sounds. that sounds like something a crazy bitch would do. <laughs> and I hate anything that makes victims look like crazy bitches. Exactly. So she's not doing any of us favors. No, I'm, saying, I'm mad at her. I, yeah, the essay <laughs> is a little bonkers. But I'm saying I understand because we are all uncomfortable that like, I still think it is important to have some conversations that like the man that maybe said something that made you upset is not the same man as Harvey Weinstein. Sure. They're not the same person. Sure. But they're like, both symptoms of the same illness. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I agree. 
But that man who said something that made you upset. Is the illness being a man or being a overzealous man? It's the patriarchy. It's, it's being a predator, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for us to move forward, maybe you have a conversation yeah, with I the mean, man no, that no, said that said something to make you upset. Everybody's a predator, right? Not everybody's a predator, but courtship is what we're talking about. So how does that happen? And yeah, you can be a gentleman about it. And there's chivalry that still exists in the world. And you can do it in a very classy way without being a threat to a woman. And I think, I think, I think the way that um, society's instilled a generation of men maybe, or, you know, falsely is that women feel threatened. And I'm hearing that very loud and clear. Women feel threatened by the way men approach them and it needs to be changed. Courtship needs to be altered in a way that women feel respected and equal and not forcing in any uncomfortable situations. And, you know, the human race can still continue to propagate and people will find their mates. Right. So, so. So that was, that was one of our questions today was like, do you guys think that now we're in this very heightened state of, I don't even know what to call it. Some people are saying warlock hunt, witch hunt, which are crazy words, both of them. <laughs> yeah, let's take a month. Witch hunts happened. They were real. They were, uh, they killed a lot of women who were innocent. And So the essay I was just <laughs> referring to uh, is called the warlock hunt. Yeah, so. I don't like that. I'm mad <laughs> yeah. at her. I think yeah. that's really irresponsible. Yes, but so we are in this st heightened state where people are using uh, references back to the 1800s when we were killing each other over this stuff, over gender issues. I will say that a <laughs> lot of women are killed every day by men. Absolutely. Via domestic violence. Like, that's a big part oh, of this problem is just, the murder of women. Just by going on a date. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> women are killed. Yeah. Just by deciding they would like to go on a date. Sometimes women are murdered. That's our lives. Totally. But, um... But do you guys think that this conversation, now that we're all getting to talk about it, will bring up the idea of consent much more often in courtship? Because I think asking for consent is sexy as fuck. I mean, I think it ought to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it, to me, it's an inherent requirement, right? I mean... I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why it's even a question other than the fact that we're talking about it. Of course, it, of, of course it should be brought up every single time. But you also, know? yeah, like uh, every 80s movie taught uh, young men, like, if she says no, keep at it. Mm -hmm. Keep plugging away. Keep, mm -hmm. you know, right. doing what you got to do. And if you got to put a mask on and pretend you're somebody else to have sex with her, go ahead and do that, too. Yeah, Star Wars, so. case in point. Russo <laughs> <laughs> did that in Karate Kid, didn't he? Yeah, like every 80s movie. <laughs> Also, there's a Shakespeare play where that happens, except for it's the woman doing it, and they called it the bed trick. Very messed up. <laughs> All's well that Wait, ends which well. Play? I was gonna, yeah, gonna say which one? Really twisted. Okay. <laughs> Most of them where the woman is impersonating a man. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, cool. I'm glad everybody in this discussion agrees consent is sexy. <laughs> um, Anyway, Chan, I wanted to talk about how you're posting Men Are Scum on Facebook and that it's gotten you banned from Facebook a couple of times. Uh, I also wanted it's like to a give, badge of honor. Yeah. I also wanted to give a shout out to Marsha Belsky, who started this Men Are Scum movement by posting like really adorable pictures of herself when she was like in elementary school. And then she's like, hashtag Men Are Scum. Hee <laughs> hee, smiley face. She's very funny. 
Um, we'll go and play a clip of her stand-up now. <laughs> I do, I love the GOP stance in general because if you really break it down, like I can't believe that it's still standing up. You know what I mean? Like, I love this. Like, people are just like, hi, I want to be born. And they're like, yes. And they're like, and live, and eat. And they're like, enough. <laughs> when Trump was elected though. That was very sad. But I'm not originally from New York. I'm originally from Oklahoma. And like I said, I am Jewish. And I was also Jewish in Oklahoma. So. And my friends up here, like, they were very surprised. And I was, I was sad, but I wasn't surprised. You know what I mean? Like, I lived with a girl out of high school in Oklahoma who didn't drink water on principle, because, quote, that shit don't taste like nothing. <laughs> Shocked isn't the word. No, but you know, politics aside, I actually don't believe that men should exist. And, <laughs> and then we'll talk to Chan again about what motivated you to start doing that? And why do you think this is even getting people banned in the first place? <laughs> He's thinking hard about this one. <laughs> oh, are we? Uh, okay. Oh, he was we, waiting oh, for you to play the clip. You were waiting for me to play the clip. I played it. I did it. I'm the editor. She's going to do podcast. it after. <laughs> I'm the editor of this podcast. <laughs> I, thought, I thought there was going to be an actual. You actual. can't hear it. It's, pl it's playing okay. right now. Oh, no. <laughs> My auditory hallucinations are getting worse. <laughs> Clip has been played, uh, so now we're talking to you again. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, a very funny uh, comedian, Hannah Michaels, uh, posted the Marsha Belsky thing, and I was like, all right, let's do this. I'm an improviser. Yes, and. I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, if someone's going to stick their neck out like that, I'm going to back their play. Um, so nice. I just, I posted Men Are Scum, and... Um, yeah, got some traction, some people were commenting on it, a bunch of likes, and then all of a sudden, smackadoo, got a three-day ban. Um, so what happens when you get from banned from Facebook? Do they send you a message about why, or you just can't get into your account? Uh, you try and do something, it was like, sorry, you're unable to do that. Like, I, I tried to like a thing, and, you know, um, and it says, uh, it shows you the post that, you know, got you a ban and, like, violated our community standards. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Like anything anymore? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you're a bad person, and you can't like stuff. Uh, my obvious response as soon as I got back was like, just "Doubling down. <laughs> just gonna just keep doing this." And oh, did God. they do it to you every time you did it? Would they uh, like you're in Facebook jail every time? Well, n I mean, I I went and posted a few. A separate posts, and at least one of them, uh, uh, somebody, I, I don't know who it was, Pres presumably this is the sort of thing where uh, some MRA right-wing nut jobs like, oh, this is terrible, go and, go and uh, report this guy, and then, you know, a bunch of people reported, and then uh, I get blocked, um, but it was, uh, I'm trying to remember, it was I the point was to make the post as innocuous as possible so that there is absolutely no way that someone could, you know, look at it and think like, oh, well, that's obviously hate speech and he's going to go uh, murder somebody now. Um, <laughs> oh, God. 
scroll through pictures of my kid and <laughs> oh, scroll through pictures drag. of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's that first one that I posted, Nurse Scum. And the other one was, um, uh, nope, can't find it. But it, it, it was something along the lines of uh, men are unable to d- deal with uh, a hierarchy that isn't patriarchal. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. That one got, got you banned also? That was a seven day ban, yep. Seven wow. day ban. Um, wow. So, and I was bucking for thirty when I came back, but nobody's <gasps> yeah. nobody's flagged me yet. So here I am. So why the heck, uh, in your opinion, Facebook allows um, you know Nazi supporters, group, mm-hmm. even organizations organizing, um, mm-hmm. you know, violent acts? Basically, they're allowing the Russians to infiltrate our news, but yet when we just say men are scum, people are getting banned. Like what the hell? You can ask. I know plenty of people who have have gotten rape and death threats, like message to them, and Facebook's like, "Yeah, sorry, this doesn't violate our community standards." Oh my god! Um, yeah, it's because they have terrible algorithms. Uh, because they're trying to do something about the problem, and so uh, I believe it's that um, th- there are protected groups, and if you single out a group, then it can be considered hate speech, and men and white men are considered a protected group because they are uh because it is a race group. So if we like said all black men are scum, that would be considered hate speech. And similarly all white men are scum, uh hate speech. And then all men there you go. If somebody called me you crazy white bitch on Facebook, I'd be a proud. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> I'd be like, yes <laughs> you you really see me. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my opinion on things like that. Um, <laughs> all right, Angie, you want to ask one of these questions? I've oh been like God. dominating the question. No, but you you have such good ones. <laughs> I'm just um I liked your question. I think you added this one. What do you guys want women to know about the good guys? Because you guys are both good guys. Let's be real. You guys are good guys. What do you guys want women to know about the good guys? Thanks, cousin. You're welcome. (laughs) It it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It, uh, it, It sounds too close to nice guy. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, another. Yeah, that's not fun. Um,. Well, good guys is like a ma- it's like a mafia reference. Come on, <laughs> I don't think I wrote this question. Oh, you did it because maybe I'm listening to a little too much or just enough. Call your girlfriend, but they take really hard stances with this stuff, and they're they like, do. "I'm not yeah. congratulating any man for doing the bare minimum." Yeah. yeah, and I've been listening to that a lot lately, so I'm just kind of like, <laughs> "Yeah, the question, just do your job." You're like, Be a Lindsay, fucking person. you suck, you crazy no, white bitch, you crazy white bitch, Lindsay. <laughs> A little more forgiving than I am is what I've learned today, maybe, which well, is fine. I wanted, to, I wanted to make one quick reference to when we were talking about Nick's notion of family earlier, mm-hmm. because we're from the same family. Uh, my mom and his dad are our siblings, and um, my and my parents are from Indiana. They both ran away when they were really young, and I got to grow up a lot of places because I'm very lucky. But my dad says this to this day, and every time he says it, my dad's a difficult person, so I can be like a tough feminist in this podcast, but then I'm going to have a conversation with my dad instantly start crying, like instantly, because he's like not an easy man. But like he to this day both acknowledges that if my mom had not chosen to be a mom, and also be his his words administrative assistant. He would not be as successful as he was. 
and that she, but then he also, on the flip side, he says it in such a tender way. Like he's meaning it at the utmost compliment. He's like, your mom ran the family in every way, shape and form. And that is a job. He's right about that. And it's valid. And he's like, I acknowledge that if she hadn't been willing to do that job, our family may have not succeeded. And I have like divided about that because my mom is first of all, the best human and secondly, like, yeah, she was fucking good at her job. <laughs> and, like, also, she worked, like, on and off, but, like, mostly she was running the family. And that's a choice she made, and I do think it made her happy. But, like, as a feminist, for me to, like, if I were to, like, take down my dad in a conversation of being, like, you can't use those words, I might be asked to, like, go take a walk, <laughs> which is, like, very hard for me. Like, it's hard. But, like, I also understand where Nick is coming from, where, like, my dad worked his ass off so that my mom could make that choice, you know? There are there are examples for us, okay? There are not um, clearly defined roles. And it's an ex- very much an experiment in my family. Um, my wife and I grew up very differently. And we are trying to employ the team effort for raising our children, supporting our household, uh, pursuing our careers. And it is a work in progress and it's a balancing act at all times. Um, I'm just saying it might be, you know, um, you think about these, these roles in a traditional sense where they were clearly defined roles and expectations involved, like, you know, it kind of sounds easier. And maybe that sucks for women. And that's, I don't know anything about that because I'm not one, but I'm hearing a lot about it tonight. But um, we're very much going down a course where there is no, um, there is no predecessor to aspire to right now. I mean, this is a, this is kind of a new way of living. And it's not so much like that we're making a choice that way, but also that society kind of has, force it on us because shit's way more expensive now we both have to work and we both have to provide for our families and and it's it's very much a balancing act at all times and it's very hard and it makes you it, it forces you to think about these things and maybe that's why we're um you know confused about these issues today my perspective about family in general is like if you if you make the choice to make a family, I think that's a really hard choice too. And I and like not everybody gets to make that choice. Some people don't get some people can't afford an, literal an abortion and they like instantly damn girl, you have a fucking family now. And that sucks. And there's a lot of places in America where that's happening. But people who are fortunate enough to make that choice, like I just think it's so fucking hard to have a family that like I do respect people figuring out what works for them. In me being a softie of somewhat defense. If you figure out a successful way to have a family and people are vocally expressing, I feel happy this way and I'm happy I've made that choice, if it works for you, it works. Well, I, I don't would, know. I would <laughs> say to your family situation, uh, it sounds like your father and your mother were both being good humans. The thing that is different is uh, what society determines um r- gender roles i suppose mm-hmm. will be uh if they were uh you know if they were to have you and have their family today right it's it's more probable that they would choose to be partners mm-hmm. they would choose to both work and to both take care of the family it's right. i mean it's kind of gross that 
there was a there was and I guess still is a structure where uh, men were unable to show feelings or yeah. to you know show love for their children or to why f- or to feel this pressure to be the ultimate provider. Like that's got to be shitty to you know that's can't be a fun thing to f- I mean the the notion of masculinity that has been traditionally held up is like a very gross thing. Yeah, with definitely. a lot of pressure. The only definitely. thing that you that makes you worthy is how much money. Money. You that's make. disgusting. That's, that takes away someone's humanity. It's yeah. gross. I think there's a lot of men that really feel that they've bought into that mm-hmm. uh, belief and. And men today find themselves in a very too. different reality yeah. right now, and they and they you know they may have a working wife or you know um, a very successful partner that's a female, and that's so this it, it's it's easy to interpret that as a huge challenge to their psyche, right? And and it's which is bullshit, um, but it's kind of like it's been drilled into a generation of men for a long time, and it's um, probably driving a lot of the conflict that we're seeing coming out right now. Um, it's okay for a man to be at home and to take care of the kids. I do it every weekend and all at night all the time. And, you know, I'm learning and granted I've got boys and it could be a lot more difficult for me. If, if I had been blessed with girls instead of boys, I would be so lost right now. Uh, at least I have boys and I can kind of get on their level and I, I, can relate to where they're coming from. If I had girls, I would be so lost. And, you know, if there was the same dynamic and just the gender of my kids were different. Um, you'd figure it out. I have yeah, you'd well, they're it. kind of the same until they hit puberty, right? They're just kind of <laughs> genderless beings that are kind of assholes usually yeah. and also kind of cute. <laughs> well, I no, I don't believe, I don't agree with that. I think, I think they're very different right out of the shoot. Pardon the. I'm not trying to use a pun or anything, but <laughs> oh, we love, we love puns. We love vagina terms. <laughs> oh yeah, we. If only off. it You're was on, as easy as a shoot, though. You are on the clam bake. We <laughs> love calling things different uh, things. Yeah, we we started off talking about. Uh, yeah, right. Um, no, I. You know, I. And it's my my attitude towards this has changed a lot in the last five to seven years because I have kids, both boys, but I've grown up and I've been around a lot of young girls too. And I've seen their attitudes, and they're just so different. Even when they're young, they're so different. Well, um, they're, you know, that's the whole nature versus nurture debate. But they're getting hit with a big old culture that's telling them the way to be in a lot of ways. Just like your boys are getting hit with a lot of stuff. It's hard to differentiate the differences there. Yeah, my wife is trying like hell to uh, to keep that stuff off of uh, our kids so that I mean, yeah, he can make his own determination of how he chooses to express his gender or sexuality mm-hmm. or any of it. It's got to be hard identity. to avoid, though. It's I've hard. Got, it's I've hard as hell. Friends, yeah, yeah. I've got friends. I've got friends with kids that are, um, you know, choosing to identify with the opposite gender, and it's and it's interesting to see, you know, how they go how they go through with that, and um, you know, who's this? You know, the the the, the hardest thing as a parent for me is like accepting the fact that you've brought you've brought a human being into the world and at some point you know they are they have autonomy right they can make decisions for themselves they have their own being and their own attitude and their own experience that you can't you can influence it but you're not ultimately in charge of it 
And at some point they are their own people. And, you know, like as a dad, I just want to be their protector. I want to make sure that they're safe and that they learn and have every opportunity that's available to them. Um, but, you know, you, you, you get delivered this, this helpless child, this infant, and they start growing. And then you start to realize, like, eventually this person is going to make decisions for themselves and it has nothing to do with you. I mean, you influence it, but you can't make decisions for other people. And it's a hard, you know, even my kids four and five, it's a hard thing to come to terms with. Um, and, you know, especially as a parent where you make lots of sacrifices, like well, hobbies, what hobbies? <laughs> my hobby is changing diapers and, uh, you know, um, folding little shirts. Uh, <laughs> hey to each their own <laughs> but right? um you guys and long walks on the beach you guys uh so you and you, you have a son mm-hmm. everybody here is this so everybody here who is a parent has a son i have a doctor you have a doctor <laughs> i have a doctor <laughs> we both have doctors <laughs> um no children on our end we fought all day we yeah. just screamed at each other yeah we chose, we chose to have dogs we chose to raise beautiful dogs um <laughs> but you guys have sons so what do you want like what advice imagine they're bigger what advice do you want to give your sons about- but not older just a lot bigger they're just like <laughs> giant toddlers <laughs> they just uh they're eating the butter i mean what are you gonna do um but they're older now if, if you're looking into the future what advice do you want to give to them about um their early interactions with the opposite gender of like how to treat women because you're raising men Maybe in my wildest dreams, you guys are raising feminist men. <laughs> well, it's, it's you know, I hate to sound cheesy, but if everybody just lived by the golden rule, <laughs> do unto others as you would have done unto you, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I do think that's a good one. <laughs> it's a good place to start, right? But it's not exactly equal between the genders <laughs> because what a guy would want done unto him is not necessarily what a woman would want done unto her. And, and um, so that's where it gets confused. Right. But I think it's like the, but the real mess underlying message there is like, just respect humans, you know, respect humans. Like everybody is important. Everybody has feelings. Um, you know, whatever you might think about them, don't forget about somebody else's being and what they might bring to the table is, you know, you never know. You never know what, what somebody's thinking or feeling or what they've been through and how you might affect them. Like, just think about what your actions, how your actions might affect somebody else. That's, that's the advice I'd have for my children. So would you say... Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> that's a good way to, yeah, that's a good way to. Cool. Okay. Good life model. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, th- I think the thing is, like with anything, you can't just look at a person and uh, lump them into a group and say, well, all women think this or uh, all black people think this. Be, treat them like people. For God's sakes, everybody's a people. Just <laughs> take an individual. I mean, yeah, try and figure out what a what a person what a person wants, what this specific person wants, um, rather than trying to um, 
I don't know, ascertain what uh, 50% of humanity wants at one time. And just assuming that this person obviously just wants that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, and final question. Nick suggested the amazing title for this episode, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? So that's my final question, <laughs> guys. Where have all the cowboys gone? Fuck the cowboys. Yeah. Seahawks, baby. <laughs> Welcome to the clam bake. It's the opposite of a sausage fest. Just a couple of vaginas talking. What's a creative podcast network?